Origin Clear is a company that focuses on wastewater treatment. And hello, everyone. And welcome to the Waters New Gold CEO briefing. Our mission is to transform the water industry. Decentralization offers us this opportunity. The plan that you've built here is super impressive. The world is experiencing a crisis in regards to water. It's a great opportunity that you are giving us investors. The decentralization of water treatment means that we no longer need to establish giant water treatment plants. Let them fight over the 20%. Let's work with the 80% that's untreated. Over 21,000 unique alternative investments. Three million jobs in the U.S. alone. Making it easy for the regular investor. All the old trends just accelerated. Lucrative and fulfilling. The vision I've got is to standardize these products. Design, build, own, and operate. We have six 65 people in the room. We got an important message to to the world. We can put a guy on the moon, but our water is horrible. Recycling all that water, it's a huge impact for the environment. Bringing new infrastructure in, drive growth in America. That's a critical part of the picture. It's a twin 125 gallon per minute RO system. I don't think we're talking about a $10 million fund. We're talking about a series of $10 million. Yeah, the opportunity itself is very big. Yes. Take care of the water. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. Welcome, everyone, to the CEO briefing. And um, we're excited to be here tonight. And um, we're going to even uh, enable the green screen so that you can actually see the back of my chair. I don't look like a ghost. This is good. Uh, how's everyone? I'm so excited. This is the last briefing of the week. This is the last briefing of the year. And uh, on the 27th, I'm taking off to ski with friends, family. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, but I will be doing a briefing on the 6th of January while I'm still in Steamboat Springs because, well, you got to do briefings, right? This one is especially interesting. We decided to do a uh, deep dive on inflation because there's a lot of talk about it. And um, we, we really need to start uh, quantifying what's going on, what does it mean? And we've done some work to, to back up, uh, maybe give you more insight than you've been getting from uh, the media and you know Telegram and Rumble and all these amazing sources. So what is New Gold? It is uh, December 16th. And it is proving to be an amazing asset that we are enabling direct investment in. And this is becoming the, uh, it blows people's minds when people realize that there's no way for a regular investor to invest in a water equipment vehicle directly. People go, really? No, water like an oil well, it doesn't happen. And so um, that's the sort of the cavalry, you know, a water on demand program is the cavalry bringing investment into the space at a time when it desperately needs it. All right, so um, sure enough, this is the last briefing of 2021 and um, you can hear it in Spanish as well. So um, just click on the globe on your little dialogue and you'll be off and running. It's a pleasure to have the Spanish speakers on board and Heather does a wonderful job. We look forward to having her in the new year as well. Okay. Safe Harbor Statement, as you know, um, we do our very best to tell you how it is. And if it uh, changes or differs, we will tell you. We're always trying to tell you exactly how it is. I like to say that we are the most transparent 
public company in America. And I think that's true. Okay. So inflation, where are we going? Really good question. So the first thing is that a friend of mine sent me some slides from a Moody's presentation um, on the 7th of December. This slide is very, very interesting. And uh, I'm going to blow it up in just one second, but just to tell you what the source was, Moody's Analytics, their presentation, A Tangled Web, December 7th. All right, let's take a closer look at this. Now, this is a really interesting chart. So at the, and it, you know, it's interesting because I saw an article about um, inflation being caused by climate change. I'm sorry, it, it, it's, climate change is real, but it's not causing inflation. And as you can tell, Moody's agrees with um, low likelihood and low economic severity of shock. It is simply what it is. That article that I read and did not put in this thing because I thought it was meaningless was that we have not been paying all the environmental costs of our wasteful economic ways. And this is true, no question it's true, but it's not this, it's a bill we haven't paid yet. We're, we're spending in other ways and it's the runaway spending that's, that's driving us down the road. And so what, let's take a look at some of these um, factors. Um, so we look at the up to the right, so what's the number one danger here? Smaller fiscal packages passed. So the stock market sees, I personally think we should stop passing these $2 trillion things. <clears throat> but the stock market sees that as a risk, right? So they want a lot of liquidity in the system. Uh, the, the Republicans are going to push against this uh, build back better um, thing. Um, I don't you know, I, I think that we're overspending, period. But, but the point I'm making is that for the, the market, it's a risk. Also, that global chain issues don't ease. Now, the changes in red are either an increase in the odds or a new downside risk. So the global chain issues have been with us for a while. Now they're still bad. The inventory cycle bad. Shadow banking disruption. Well, what does that mean? That means the things that happen that are like banks, um, you know, like, for example, um, you know, payday lending and things like that. So uh, disruption of some of the things that are in the uh, secondary banking environment. Um, sudden shift to fiscal austerity. Now this was just announced, this slide was done back on December 7th, but just, or was it yesterday or the day before, the Fed announced that they were going to beef up interest rates. I think that is complete insanity uh, because it'll create stagflation, right? What we had with uh, President Carter. <clears throat> and I'm old enough to have been in the workforce during President Carter. And um, what we had was, um, because interest rates were very, very high, we had poor growth and we had inflation at the same time called stagflation. So uh, sudden shift to fiscal austerity, I think they'll blink. I don't think it'll happen, but it has a very high economic severity. Labor supply issues continue to be a big problem. Um, and... Um, Another pandemic would have a very, very high effect, but likelihood low. High likelihood of seasonal waves of COVID-19, but we seem to have adapted. You know, there's a lot of noise, uh, blue states, red states, and a lot of, um, you know, strong viewpoints either way. But from a market point of view, we really are at the sort of absorbed. It's been absorbed. European sovereign debt crisis, same thing. Oil prices surging. Yeah, you know. It, they've searched. It's done. All right. Now, by the way, you know, oil prices, we're on Zoom right now. We're not suffering from oil prices. But on Saturday, my housekeeper is going to drive in from 20 miles away, and it hurts her to have these high prices. So that's not good. I also think the Chinese debt crisis is 
is going to be more unsettling than this slide shows. Anyway, so that's just me being a bit of a geek about these things, but you, you can see this is fascinating and, and um, a lot of factors uh, weigh into this. But here is the most important one, the debt skyscraper. You've seen this uh, slide. And so interestingly enough, it started in, in the 80s, right? U.S. national debt uh, has basically, it's a skyscraper, but it started literally around the time of Ronald Reagan, and then uh, all the way to 2000, took a little pause at the 2000 crash, and then took off after that. And the article comes from an article that says, could Cyprus happen here? You bet it can and will. Cyprus is where basically the, the banking system fell apart and uh, the, the people owning bank accounts were, well, their banks, their, the money was just taken from their accounts. Um, I don't think it's very likely personally. But purchasing power, that's the interesting thing. Let's take a look at purchasing power right here. So I just saw uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox talk about a bottle of water, $8. Uh, well, I think that's high, but nonetheless, um, it is happening. But let's take a closer look at this chart. So a, a dollar in 2020 is 126th of that dollar in 1913. And these are the things that were bought at that time. So um, 50 cent Hershey's chocolate bars and so forth. That kind of gives you an idea of now you can buy a McDonald's coffee. I think a, McDo a, a, a cup of Joe back in 1913 was probably, I don't know, 10 cents. No, maybe less, maybe five cents. So um, interestingly enough, I heard uh, some time ago that the price of a haircut of a salon haircut in uh, Paris has been the same since the French Revolution until now in currency terms. Now, again, it takes more more francs and then eventually euros to, to pay for it, but in terms of purchasing power, it's the same. But I think that we've broken apart where that hairdresser got paid the same in the French Revolution as in uh, you know year 2000. I don't think that's true anymore. I think we have a we have a, um, uh, I think the wages are lagging and I think that's a big problem. Nonetheless, this is an interesting graph. But here's where we're really getting in trouble. The consumer price index, the CPI is false. So just starting right there in the mid 1983 looks like, uh, 1982, we decided to mess with the numbers. And the idea was that was Greenspan. He's like, well, you know, um, if the price of steak goes too high, you'll buy ground beef. So therefore we don't have to worry about the price of steak going too high. I'm sorry, steak is not ground beef. So basically he was saying, you'll do just fine with ground beef, but I don't think that he stopped eating steak. So um, this is a typical case of the elite deciding what's happening. And of course it shows inflation going down when if you take the 1980 thing and, and you didn't change it, it's gone up steadily. And so by 2017, it was at 9%. And supposedly we're at 1.26%. You know, inflation is under control. Inflation is too low and all this stuff. It was BS, right? So that unfortunately has been the case. So it has tended to hide it. And um, conclusion is you cannot trust the CPI. But well, let's stay with the shadow stats uh, definition and um, take a look at, this is a bigger chart just so you can see, blow it up, blown up a bit. So we were already at 9% annual inflation in 2017, and it's only gotten worse. So this is a really 
interesting chart. Very sobering, and you'll see where I'm going with this now. Actual inflation then, if we take, you know, that was up to 2017, let's take it to 2021. Now, as of November 2021, we're running 15% on the true inflation, whereas CPI claims a 7.5%, which is very high. I mean, it's freaking people out. But uh, notice how it's basically been suppressed. It's been going up since the early 90s steadily, and now it's just taken off. Whereas the, the fake numbers have been going down, 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 and all of a sudden they took off. They could not be concealed anymore. Here it is in large. And the Shadow Stats site is shadowstats.com is excellent for this stuff. Um, and then, by the way, they're very responsive. If you go on their site and ask them questions, they, uh, they're happy to help you out. So this is um, you know, a problem. Now, we thought, well, now, why don't we extrapolate this number? See where we're going, right? Let's not drive backwards. Let's not look in the rearview mirror. Let's look, let's look forward. So we went ahead and did it. Let's take a look. Oh, my God. So if we just go out five years, we are at, if we take the original 1980s index, we have 5 to 56% per year inflation. Even with the official index, we're still at 36% in five years. So um, that's, well, you know, that's Argentina, right? Argentina um, has that kind of, there's a number of countries where inflation is com a complete disaster and we will be there. What does this mean? This is, um, you know, really shocking. Any investment does, does not track with this level of inflation, of inflation will lose money. So this is a scary stat. It's on our Facebook page if you want to grab it, or the Origin Clear Facebook page. But um, there's some additional problems. Okay, so, so people are freaked out and they know it and they're trying to make money. So of course, what happens? The stock market, right? And what's happening, there's, this is from the same Moody's uh, presentation I used earlier. Um, margin accounts have taken off. $600 billion worth of, of margin accounts. That means these are accounts that where people are borrowing to bet on the stock market. Well, guess what? Stock market crashes, all those people, margin calls. I don't know if you've had a margin call. It is one of the most horrible things. I hope I had my share of them in the year 2000 and it was not a fun experience. So um, you don't want to have margin calls while the entire system is stuck with margin calls, trying to keep up with inflation using margin. Margin means that let's say you have $100 in your, in your brokerage account and you could, depending on what kind of um, client you are, well, you could, let's say, borrow up to, I think you're allowed up to 50% more. You could um, purchase $150 worth of stock. The problem is, of course, if it crashes, then you've got to pay off a bunch. So um, that is... I think uh, almost a um, crash of 1929 type look. Okay. Now, uh, also they're talking about a wage price spiral. Um, now this, as you can see, inflation taking off. Again, this is percentage of change from the previous year. And the wage tracker is steadily going up from 2012, 2010. Uh, that's great. Um, for some reason it went nuts in uh, 2020 and then crash and is coming back. It's got some weird gyrations there. It's trending upwards, right? But it's only you know going upwards at a rate of you know 
2.6%. It's, it's accelerating change. Remember, this is percent of change from the year before. So it's an accelerating change. But so is the CPI, right? Each percentage of inflation adds the previous percentage of inflation. So some effects on wages spiraling up, but not fast enough. So we're going to have a squeeze for wage earners. And that is going to be an ongoing problem paying, you know, eight, ten dollars a pound for a pound of ground beef, things like that. Not going to be fun for any of us. Okay. So the good news is for us, of course, is that water rates are way ahead of inflation. They've historically stayed about three times ahead of inflation. Um, so I think that is, it's bad for, for users because having to pay a ton of money for your water um, is going to create a problem. We can't worry about residential customers. It's just not our space right now. And it's, you know, remember that, that um, only 13% of total water use is residential. The bulk of it, the 87%, is industrial and agricultural. Those users are going to be looking for ways to get their own water treatment and not have to pay more uh, and recycle, for example. The minute you, if you're treating your own water, then you can recycle it and you get twice the amount of water for the same money. All right. So we can provide a savings to customers on their per gallon fees and still make excellent returns for the investors. So that, you know, that's kind of what, what Solar City offered. Uh, you know, they would install the solar panel. You didn't have to pay for it. And you would pay Solar City as if they were the utility, the energy company. Um, and they promised to charge less, a little bit less, and they made money on the difference. So similarly here, and this is happening in the water industry, companies, um, breweries, for example, are investing in a system because they're being charged way too much money for the wastewater. And if they're treating it themselves, they're able to recycle it. And in many cases, the local water uh, district is just refusing to treat the water altogether. And like, no, we won't do it. So uh, these people are really being forced to do it and we can make it work. Okay, now let's talk about water risk. If you're a corporate manager, you are very interested in water risk these days. And um, let's take a look at it. Well, of course, we know that the global population is growing um, and will require 40% more fresh water. Interestingly enough, the global supply of accessible fresh water accounts for less than 1% of water supplies. I think what that means is we have a very slim reserve. All right. Now, in the view of this writer, um, the risks associated with water are very related to economics and hold back economic growth. There's these stories, case studies of, uh, for example, breweries that in the Bay Area and Northern California, et cetera, who were not being allowed to, to expand because the local water district just would not treat their water and they had to truck it to another county and all, all that stuff. So eventually they did their own. Critical investments in water purification, reuse, efficiency, and delivery infrastructure are required on a global scale and could provide opportunity to investors. However, as you saw last week, it's only one year's backlog that's being funded by this entire infrastructure bill out of a $2 trillion bill, whatever it is, it's only $55 billion for water, which is a scandal. So the opportunity for investors is not with the central water treatment because it's not being funded. It's actually with direct investment such as water demand. Okay, these declines in water, freshwater availability will affect growth and will create risks on all asset classes. Um, we're seeing, for example, I saw a, a, a story yesterday where um, 
coal plants, coal power plants are having to shut down because they cannot meet the water treatment requirement the, that has been set. And they can, but it's going to cost too much and coal is not priced high enough to make it work. So, I mean, it's good for climate change and, and pollution, but it also means that it's, um, you know, it further constrains energy prices, for example. Okay. Um, so semiconductors, for example, use a lot of water, right? And it has to be ultra pure. Okay. Communities and companies uh, must continue to consider how to plan for and mitigate. Companies that lack a full understanding of water risk, lag in disclosing water risk, or postpone adjustments to regulatory reforms present long-term risks for both the communities and investors that invest in those companies. You remember that project in Troy, Alabama with the trailer park, the, the owners waited, 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 and then they called us. And now they're, they're trying to sell the trailer park and they're, they're very anxious to like, uh, they're trying to meet at a certain point. And the thing, you know, the, these ponds have to mature and have to uh, become uh, pure without spending a million dollars. So um, basically, if you're willing to spend money, things happen fast. If you don't have the money, then things happen slow. And if you waited too late, there you are stuck with for time. So this is where adjustments to regulatory reforms, where uh, regulation requires tighter requirements and you have not planned for it, you will be in trouble. So conclusions. First of all, inflation is taking off at unheard, unheard of rates. I think we, we can say that much. Um, and you saw in our graph there that it is going to go to ridiculous levels and people will be freaked out. Okay, any investment not tied to inflation will lose out. For example, real estate is good, but if you're trying to live off of rents, how much can you raise those rents? There was a, a housing complex in Tampa here that, that raised its rates 25%. That, that was a huge outcry. But even more to the point, they're not going to do it a second time. They're not going to do 25% next year and the year after. You can only do it so much. And so, um, and of course, the government gets involved and says you can't do it and so forth. So rents is, are going to have a hard time keeping up. And um, other investments that are not tied to inflation, such as consumer goods, could be in trouble. There's a margin squeeze. How much can you charge for something? Um, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Hidden risks. You know, oil is a great investment, it's doing well, uh, prices are high. Now, until the pandemic, though, oil was on the way down, it was trending downward. And even now, the way the prices are being kept high is by limiting production. We're being told that the Middle East and Iran are having, quote unquote, trouble ramping up because they didn't spend enough on infrastructure during the, the, the low price years. But it's also a fact that the oil industry is perfectly happy to have not enough oil. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a big problem, not enough oil. I guess we're going to have to charge a lot. They're happy with it. But the people who are partners in those wells are going to get hurt. It's like, you know, um, Starbucks doesn't own the, the buildings that they operate in. It's the buildings in the land are developed by a partnership. If a, if a Starbucks goes into a community and, and doesn't work out and they leave, guess who gets hurt? It's not Starbucks. It's the owners of that land and that property that has to now be repurposed. So um, that's the danger really is the large, large corporate decisions being affected. Uh, look at hotels, for example, right? Where um, Marriott doesn't own hotels, they operate them. So they can pull back, that's okay. But what about the 
landlord, the people who develop the real estate. Now, these are the hidden risks of this new period. Okay, water is an increasing risk. Why? Because you know, we went through the risks earlier, but it's, there's more and more dirty water being created. This is just the nature of population growth and industrial growth. It is essential. It won't go away. And water rates do exceed inflation by a factor of three. Bad for people and good for us up to a point. And this is where we can perhaps ease the pain of the rates um, for business users and still make very good money because inflation will still be huge. Enabling direct investment in water is not only good for Main Street investors, it is the first major step forward in water investment in decades. Think about it. There's the only way to invest in water has been to buy water bonds, municipal bonds for water, which were fine, uh, nothing wrong with it, and buy um, stock in big water companies or invest in an exchange traded fund, an ETF. And that's it. It's all indirect and it's all kind of out of your control. It's one of those passive things you put in your 401k and you forget it. But for putting things in your 401k and forgetting them is no longer what you must do. You must become an active investor. Now, offering to investors the ability to invest directly in water systems is it's a revolution. And that's the first why I say it's the first major step forward. And it is a financial pure play, right? Remember the, uh, this, char this chart, I, I ran this chart in middle of 2020 when I was first talking about this model. And we showed how GM, GM's uh, financial was running, this is the red line, was running way, way higher in terms of profit margin and also was pretty much going in opposite direction to GM itself. GM started going downhill in 2017 long before it was at, long after the crash of 2008 long before the pandemic they were going downhill whereas the financing was going uphill so that tells us that that's the business to be in what business would you be in looking at this i don't think you'd be in a, a negative negative percentile business right so what water on demand is is you know obviously we'll give business to our our dallas operation and and Dan Early up in Newcastle, Virginia will get business and so forth, but they'll get maxed out quickly. And then what do we do? We will go ahead and give contracts to water companies to build the systems and also to manage them. And we will be the financial managers. And that's truly scalable. Money is the most scalable product in the history of the universe. So with that said, the time has come for water on demand. So, and we're rolling. We're uh, it's incredibly popular. Um, Ken Berenger is just going night and day. He has, we have to tear him away. He, many days he, he misses lunch altogether. Uh, he's on the phone constantly. People are fascinated. They're excited because this is an asset investment. The old days of Origin Clear paying it for its development, you know, yes, it's still paying for its development, but specifically for this capital fund, which is, uh, it's not really a fund. It's more of a subsidiary, there's four subsidiaries, water on demand, number one, two, three, four. And each one has different um, uh, focuses and partners. And those are being capitalized. And that money is there to be put into water systems. And that is so popular that frankly, Ken is finding people just coming out of the woodwork and getting involved. So 
One of the reasons it's working so well is that our offering, our, our, our private placement is it has, um, it has different levels of conversion, which uh, there's a higher level that kicks in at $5 million investment. Well, we decided to make it possible to break that down and to kind of package people up. Um, and so give the $5 million rate to people investing anything they wanted, as long as they're accredited. And that has been extremely popular. Now, before I go on, I want to mention about the dollar H2O coin, which we have not forgotten. Uh, I will be covering in the new year, but we have our developers working on the white paper for it. And it's fascinating. There's so many new elements to it. Oh my gosh. So you're going to love this thing. Stand by for some exciting things. Remember, the dollar H2O coin is a packaged digital bearer bond, meaning that it packages all the revenue streams for an investor. But there's going to be some bells and whistles that'll be really, really interesting so that people can also invest in the coin, uh, at, speculate on the coin, right? Now, remember, this coin is for accredited investors only. So it permits investment and speculation the way a non-security coin would not. That other coin that we'd we wish to, for it not to be a coin for credit investors will happen, but we're getting this one done first. Why? Because it's tied to the big, big, important initiative, the only initiative that matters right now, which is water on demand. Again, the sweet spot is this $5 million. There's a way that, that you can get in and please talk to Ken. He will be around and to simply book a call with him at oc.co slash Ken or email or call him up at section 201. Um, at Origin Clear, or simply email us. I'm available as well. Uh, you can always reply to any one of my CEO updates and it'll come right into my inbox. So we, we love you. Uh, we think you're the best and we want to wish you a happy new year and uh, wishing you a winning year for us all. And Linda, have a great time skiing. Thank you. Uh, we're going to Steamboat Springs and it turns out that it is snowing there. Uh, I will have, I'll have my Wi-Fi set up and we'll do the briefing on the 6th. It's going to be fantastic. And um, I'll have one of those um, raccoon type um, suntans, right? From the skiing. That should be fun. Anyway, thank you all. I, I love doing these briefings. JRW says, blessing to all. Happy holidays. And uh, remember to take care of yourself, stay warm. Um, and I really appreciate everything you've done to support us throughout this year. So thank you very much. Um, if you're trying to raise your hand, I don't do that. You're gonna have to chat. You're gonna have to type your little chat. So I'll give you a couple more seconds to do that. I'm talking to you, Ruthie from Texas. But um, nonetheless, thank you all. Have a great night. And I'll see you on the 6th of January.